Senior Times Live. The event for people who don't act their age is back in the RDS from April 22nd to 24th. With over 100 exhibits, dance, keep fit, painting, gardening, cooking demonstrations and workshops, advice in tracing your family history, Eric Knowles antique valuations and celebrity guest appearances. It's the event for people who want to be inspired in their retirement. Admission to Senior Times Live is free by registering at seniortimes.ie. Hello and welcome to Irish GenPod. My name is Paul Gorry and during the series I'll be chatting with people involved in various ways in Irish genealogy. I'm sitting in a corner of the Alex Hotel in Dublin with my first ever guest, my colleague Nicola Morris, a professional genealogist. People who watch the likes of The Great House Revival and Who Do You Think You Are will be familiar with Nicola's face. So, welcome Nicola. Thanks Paul. I'd like to ask you first of all about how you got involved in genealogy. Well, I had just finished a degree in history and was trying to figure out what to do with myself. It wasn't a very employable um, employable <laughs> qualification necessarily. And on the notice board in, in college, when I was checking my results, there was a campus company who were looking for um, history graduates to do some work. I went along, got the job and discovered discovered genealogy, discovered that it was a job. <laughs> and it just, it, it all clicked for me. It, I loved it. I loved it from the second I started doing it. Um, and I couldn't believe that this was something I could do and actually get paid for. So rather than it coming for me as a hobby, it actually, I sort of, sort of just parachuted in and figured out that it was a job and, and started yeah, I, hmm. I did nothing else after college and went straight into genealogy. And that's pretty unusual in genealogy. Usually people, um, you know, they're addicted to genealogy for many years before they get to work in genealogy if they want to work professionally. Exactly. Like, yeah, lots of people that I talk to who are either want to get into genealogy or who have been doing it for a long time, say they started it as a hobby, they started with their own family history or they did a course and it slowly got drawn more deeply in and then turned it into a profession. So mm -hmm. yeah, it came a slightly different route and it did make me one of the younger genealogists. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, I did notice when I would encounter my colleagues that I was, I was definitely bringing the average age down. <laughs> and um, you did a degree in history. Yeah. Did that prepare you in any way for actual research? I think, okay, so well, this is what got me with the ad for the job, mm -hmm. was that they'd looked for somebody, they were looking for somebody who had paleographic skills. Oh. So when I looked that up in the dictionary and discovered what it meant, <laughs> <laughs> I realized that one of the projects I'd done the previous year as part of my degree was transcribing a set of letters. Um, so I sort of reckoned I could, I, I had paleographic skills, which is just reading handwriting. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, maybe something like that. Um, and, and also just what has been a huge benefit for me is having an overview of the 18th and 19th century history of the island. So I may be better find it easier to place people's lives in mm -hmm. historical context mm -hmm. and perhaps identifying not necessarily genealogical sources but historical sources that might document them. So yeah, those those two those two elements would 
certainly have been beneficial for me. You have a, a regular column in Irish Roots magazine. It's a Q&A. How does that work? Well, people can send in their questions. So it's yeah, not, not quite an agony aunt. <laughs> but yes, you send your questions and I'll do my best to answer them. And actually, we, we answer everything in order. So, you know, we don't discard queries. When a question comes in, it's it just gets into the queue. So, I mean, some people have been waiting two or three years because there's only four, four publications a year. Exactly, you yes. You might get one or two questions done each each publication. Um, so we will get to you eventually. And, yeah, so it, it's it's whatever is in front of me is next in the queue that I have mm -hmm. to attempt to, to respond to. And I presume they're quite varied. They, they gen yes, there, there can be a bit of variety, but we often do end up coming back to the same brick wall that lots of people face with their family history, mm -hmm, which is, mm -hmm. you know, a lack of, say, parish registers and just maybe understanding how to get around the records that people overseas wouldn't necessarily have because they're not familiar with the repositories and collections. So it's just being able to sort of, sometimes I find I'm pointing out again why that record might be found or, you know, that it, it doesn't, Records don't survive for that period that would document individuals. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, um, the, 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 the query you're dealing with would apply to several readers. Absolutely, yes, yeah, yeah. And even, I mean, I've done some where we, we've, we've dealt with a specific family and maybe quite a unique um, query or element to their family history. And then other readers have written in to the editor to say that they they know that family, they have other information oh, right. related to it. So that's happened a couple of times. and that with local sources that they've had that I mightn't have looked at in the context of that query, they've been able to add even more to somebody's family history. So, there's, yeah, it's it's a nice little network going of, of mm. readers and, and contributors, as well as myself, and great, which I think yeah. makes it very worthwhile. And, of course, Irish Roots is published four times a, a, a year. Yeah. But it's available in places like Easton's and that sort of thing, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. And I think yeah. you can buy online because it ships all over the world. And yeah. I mean, most of the queries are coming from from Australia and the United States and the UK as well as Ireland. Oh, so right. it's, it's a very broad readership. Yeah. I'm sure listeners will expect me to be asking you about tips in research because you're a professional genealogist. What would be the best advice you could give to people struggling with their family history? I think, and I have to remind myself to do this every once in a while, is to actually take a step sideways. It's really easy to be focused on your one individual ancestor and their family line, so their father and their grandfather and their great-grandfather. And when you hit a brick wall, it can feel impossible to get past. But sometimes if you take a step to the side and focus on a sibling of one of those generations or a number of siblings of one of those generations, they might lead you around that brick wall. So there may be documentation relating to them that will suddenly give you a place of birth in Ireland or a mother's maiden name. Um, so yeah, try lateral research. Try looking at the siblings of each generation and see what they turn up for you would be would be a good tip yeah. that I go back to. Very good tip, yes. Um, now, you are president of Accredited Genealogists Ireland, or AGI for short. What is AGI? So AGI is the only accrediting body for genealogy in Ireland. It's an all-Ireland body, so we have members in both the North and the South. Um, it's been, I think, is it nearly 30 years that AGI... Um, 
No, nearly 40 years. Nearly 40 years, oh my goodness, okay. 1986. Oh yes, okay. So yes, so nearly 40 years um, in existence. And the job of AGI is, I think is multifold because it, it sets a standard in genealogy. And um, so anybody who wants to become a member has to have their work assessed by an independent board of assessors. So that's setting a standard of work that, uh, that a professional genealogist must reach um, before they can become a member. Um, we also advocate for genealogy in Ireland. So we would um, interact with the various major repositories rec who hold record collections, as well as government bodies about legislation around access to records and things like that. And then we are we are there as protection for, for clients, for people who hire professional genealogists. Mm -hmm. Because we are an association, anybody who hires one of our members, if they're not happy, has recourse to come back through the association and we have an independence complaints committee um, that is available to deal with that. So, as I said, multifold, we have a lot of functions, um, but representing genealogy on the island of Ireland. And what are the benefits of accreditation in genealogy? for the individual professional genealogist? It's knowing that your work um, meets a standard, a professional standard, that is the same standard as your peers. Um, but also being part of an association, I think, is very, very valuable. Most genealogists work alone. And being accredited and becoming a member of association gives you the chance to meet other professional genealogists. So there's a certain amount of knowledge sharing, professional development with that. So that's what I'd say to the value of accreditation. You touched on, on um, professional development, uh, CPD. Yeah. Uh, you also, well, well affiliates of, of AGI, they're also, could you so, explain their, their situation? Yeah, so if you wanted to become a professional genealogist, you can join the AGI affiliate program first. You are assigned a mentor. You are invited to all the AGI professional development events. Um, you can network then with your AGI colleagues, which is members and other affiliates. Um, and it's a great sort of starting point for getting a feel for the association, for a feel for the profession as well. And in that time, then you and your mentor, your mentor will encourage you um, to work towards your application. And while plenty of our members have applied for AGI and been successful the first time round, Lots of people aren't successful with their initial application for membership and taking that time, you have two years before you have to apply as an affiliate um, and then if you're not successful you get another two years. Um, so within that time you have the opportunity to develop your skills, understand what it is, the standards that, that you should be meeting, that your work should be meeting, so that when it does come time to um, apply for membership that you're much better prepared for it and much more likely to be successful. Um, but just also just the social side of it is meeting professional colleagues and learning from them what, what, what work is like as a professional genealogist. Travelling with Expressway and your free travel pass is made easier with a reserved seat. When booking journeys at expressway.ie, make sure to select seat-only reservation free travel scheme and pay just two euro per trip to guarantee your seat. Bookings can also be made from ticket machines in stations and priority boarding will be given to those who book in advance. Travel without a booking is still more than welcome, if you prefer, provided we have space on board. Take it easy with your free travel pass and expressway.ie. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. 
Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times, the magazine and website for people who don't act their age. Or maybe you have a loved one or a friend who you know would love to read more. You can buy a subscription and have the magazine delivered direct to their door. To subscribe to Senior Times, visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash senior times. Your role as president, what does that involve? Beheading all the members of AGM. <laughs> <laughs> no, no um, I've only just um, been uh, elected uh, president of AGI, and for me, I'd say well, I'm, I'm chairing council meetings and representing the association, and I think. Moving the association forward, which is what each of my predecessors has done, you know, looking to increase our membership and build our relationships with other genealogical associations, organisations, repositories and the state, um, and trying to improve the lot for Irish genealogists and Irish genealogy. Where would people encounter AGI or AGI members? So... Well, we have an excellent website and quite a dynamic Facebook and Twitter uh, platforms. Um, but in person, we would have a stand at Back to Our Past, uh, which is in the RDS. So our members are there. When we are at Back to Our Past, we offer a free consultation service. So you can come along to the stand, book a consultation and sit down with a professional for 20 minutes to talk through your family history, whether you're just getting started or you've been stuck for on something for 20 years. So our, our members also offer the genealogy advisory service at the National Archives of Ireland, and that's a role that we've had for quite a while now. Um, that service is offered online during the pandemic and in person and in the National Archives. So you can visit... It's back to... It's back to in-person in the National Archives. So you can visit, um, again, sit down with a professional genealogist and talk about whatever problems you're having with your family history. Uh, And then we're also operating a course in conjunction with City Colleges, um, which started in early 2021. Um, So this is a family history or genealogy course and a number of our members uh, give the lectures on, on, on the course and that's been going really really well as well. The genealogy service in the National Archives, that's on behalf of the National Archives? We're employed by the National Archives mm-hmm. to provide a genealogy service. And, yeah, and, it's, and it's free to the public? Free to the public, yeah. You can come in anytime. You will need a reader's ticket to come up to the, to the, the reading room floor to access it. Um, so do check what criteria, what you need, with the paperwork that you need to get a reader's ticket if you're planning on coming into the National Archives, so check on their website. But other than that, you can you can come in um, to speak to us. And uh, your work on television, you seem to pop up all over the place there. What was the first television programme that you were involved with? I think I did a, a morning show with on TV3 
like a million years ago and they wanted someone to come on and talk about genealogy and they picked me up in a taxi at like 5.30 in the morning and it was so exciting. Um, but then, but really, the, the first one, and I mean, it just, it sort of blew my mind, was when I had been working on the research for Jeremy Irons' family history for Who Do You Think You Are, along with my colleague Rob Woodward, and they rang up and just, asked would I be available to come in and meet him <laughs> on, on camera and um, I mean I just I, could, I couldn't believe it because I'd also already had a thing for Jeremy Irons <laughs> and so the first thing that I got to do was that and you know I arrived up that morning it was in the National Library it must have been in the summer so I arrived in that morning and the production team rang me while I was on my way into town I don't live very far away so I was just walking in and said oh we're stuck in traffic but Jeremy's there already so would you mind meeting him and talking to him <laughs> so I had to go in and entertain him for 10 minutes while we were waiting for them Poor to you. arrive <laughs> but I was mortified and terrified um, but he was lovely and I mean that was it it just I did that and thanks to my mother said to me to speech and drama lessons when uh-huh. I was a child <laughs> and a bit of youth theatre I think I didn't you know I, I get terribly nervous but I'm not crippled you know I can I can I can talk I'm happy to talk to somebody it doesn't bother me that there's somebody with a camera there and mm-hmm. and so it's worked out very well that's great actually um, you did a video for um, the National Archives there some time ago it was during the pandemic I think yeah and my god I, I couldn't believe how relaxed you were in that you know you were just talking to the camera as if it was somebody a friend of yours or something like that which is brilliant yeah it's great and I think I mean once I know what I'm talking about and I'm prepared <laughs> and I can talk about genealogy forever so it doesn't matter too much I mean if I had to talk about something I didn't know and I was you know trying to make it up I, I would have problems but mm. I love this I love talking about it and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to wrap it on. And um, I remember too, when you joined AGI, first of all, or APGI as it was called then, um, we, had a, we had a CPD event on public speaking. Yes. And you were our newest member, and you got up and spoke, and we were all in awe of how, you know, we, we were, you were a new member. We didn't expect you to be... Uh, relaxed. None of us were. Yeah. But you were so relaxed. I, that was so impressed me at the time. <laughs> oh, thank you. Speech and drama lessons. That's it. You. There you are. Now I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's that ruined it now. If I impressed you all so much. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, the genealogy roadshow. Um, that I think it just had two series. Yes. It? Yeah. yeah. You, you were that was an Irish production. Yeah. I think did that go abroad? It might have done. It did. So they sold the format to the US, and I think it was PBS in the US make the genealogy oh, roadshow. The American one was it? Yes. Yeah. But the, the the Irish production company I think sold the format, so they would still mm-hmm. be being paid for it. I guess. Yeah. But it was purely American. But yeah. but the the Irish one isn't out there in the ether. No, I don't think so. No, mm. I, I, yeah, I haven't come across it. Whereas other things do tend to be, but that one seems to have faded away. It's in the yeah. RTE archives. That's a pity. What well, it wasn't made by uh, RTE. It was made by a production company. Production yeah. company for RTE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the great, uh, the great house revival. Yeah, I think season three is coming soon. 
Uh, I'm, I'm lost with the number of seasons. It just seems to be on telly all the time. So it's, 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 it, it, there's only been two seasons so far. There's only been it? two seasons and six episodes a season. So they're really mm-hmm. getting their money's worth, I yeah. think. But season, yeah, season three, as far as I know, is on the way. And for somebody who's not familiar with it, I mean, we, 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 we will have listeners abroad, we hope. So um, it, this is a, an Irish television production. Yes. And it's also on in Australia. So oh, Australia bought it. So with them, those, those Australian listeners may have come across it. And really, my role is very, very small. It is about the restoration of, of old Irish houses. Um, and they try to have a, a kind of a broad range from a from a from a glebe house to a you know a, a broken down cottage to a Georgian building in Dublin city, but um, within the con- like within the story of this family's work to restore this building, we do look at the history of it. So I get a little segment um, talking about the history of the building, the people who lived there, anything interesting that might be associated with the, with the property. And then who do you think you are? There's the UK, the US and the Irish, and you've yeah. been involved in all of them. In all of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Luckily, look, luckily <laughs> enough. Um, I mean, it's been, it is a huge um, honour and you know, the, particularly the UK and I guess to the US to, the, to a lesser extent, but you know, they've been prepared to invest in researching a story and their investment is huge and it allows me, you know, to go off and really dig deep into archives to try and build the story that they want to tell um, or expand on the story that we've discovered is there. Um, and very few people, I think, very few individuals, I think, would have the resources to to push the research that far. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've gone mm-hmm. off on limbs and, you know, halfway down the country to try and find a collection of papers and things that on the off chance we might get um, a reference to somebody. So, you know, I, I that's what I've been really enjoyed about it, is being able to go so far in depth into somebody's family history to, to tell a story. Um, it's been hugely and, interesting. Uh, I presume there's a, a lot of pressure uh, time-wise on this. The UK and the US may be working on a particular story over 18 months. Oh. So they, you know, there's time, and they will maybe shelve something for a little while, and then come back to it as they finish other episodes. And you know, so you've got quite a lot of time to keep developing it. And then, I mean, I've worked on the Irish one, and then I've worked for ones for other smaller countries, say like Finland and. Um, uh, now Canada's not a small country, um, <laughs> but maybe smaller production companies and less, less, le- with far less budget, and that they would be looking to try and get an episode, you know, prepared in three months, and that's oh, right. that's tough because you don't even know what you're going to find, and you don't necessarily have the time to really go in depth and flesh out a story quite as much as you would for the UK or the US um, episodes. And Finland. Yeah. <laughs> they had an Irish ancestor, did they? They did, yes. Yeah, yeah, a Finnish singer. I can't remember her name now, but we did, um, We she had an Irish ancestor. Very close. I mean, her mother, I think it was just her mother's family oh. were, were Irish. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I think there was a Dutch one as well, which similarly managed to make a connection here. We're everywhere, Paul. We are everywhere. <laughs> And um, I was just reminded when you you said about going in in depth to to uh, trace a, a family, Judy Dench's family, uh, that Danish connection, <laughs> that must have been. I, 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 how did you know to fo- to follow that connection? Or you know, that's the strange thing about it. I, I know. Well, 
I mean, look, it wasn't, it wasn't, I got, I got us so far. Um, because I had been tracing her family back to the early 19th century and we'd been stuck for ages because they were sort of these, I mean, not even landed gentry, a very minor but sort of Church of Ireland family on the periphery of Dublin City. So again, they're moving in and out of city records to the mm -hmm. county. Mm -hmm. And I kind of hadn't been able to get a fix on them and luckily was able to break through, I think, with something I'd found, oh yeah, something I'd found in the Registry of Deeds, which opened up this Bolton family and they were very well documented in the records in the genealogical office and going back through the trees we came across this um, it was Steen, I, I kept calling him Steen, I think it's Stein mm -hmm. Stein Billy um, from Copenhagen and with that, I, I mean that's all I gave them, the production team mm -hmm. I came back and said well you know these, I've got, I, and there was so many interesting stories in her family history we could have made seven episodes <laughs> and like this is the one they went for, obviously. Um, so I just gave them that, this, this Catherine Stein and her father's name, or Catherine Billy and her father, Steen, and they then went to um, the Netherlands and pursued, oh no, sorry, they went to Denmark, Denmark and pursued that, and that sort of just opened up. So they obviously were well-documented. As well, um, had, yeah. Had well-documented yeah. records there as well. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that was one of the, the better um, Who Do You Think You Are's, really, because it was just, a, it was a magical story for yeah. her, you know? Yeah. <laughs> The only one to send me a thank you letter. Really? I have a thank you letter from wow. Judy Dench. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, obviously you spent some time with Jeremy Irons. Um, do you get to um, chat away to them apart from on camera? Yes. You almost have no choice. Because oh, good. It, it looks it looks like we might have only spent five minutes in the National Library. We were there for the day. Oh. <laughs> and then they have to shoot it from behind. And then they have to shoot you pointing at the parish register. And so in, within all of that, there's a lot of faffing around. So you and the, and the other person are kind of just sat there. So yeah, plenty of chat. Yeah. And you do, I mean, you know, you obviously don't want to ask them the... Or everything about yeah. their lives, you want to be a little bit cool. Um, but yeah, so you can have lovely chats. And she was she was exactly what you'd imagine her to be. Mm. Great mm. crack, full yeah. of fun and yeah. full of jokes, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that you got a, a, a thank you from her. It's, she's that type of person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, she was mm. just lovely. And it was, it was such a thrill. It had been scheduled for April 2020. And... Oh, yeah. really? It's yeah. from that long ago? Yeah, and it was well, no, and it was cancelled, obviously, because of oh, the sorry, it wasn't even pandemic. filmed. No. So, oh, it was filmed no. later on, and then, so yes. it wasn't until more recently, when everything ah. started to open up again, that we I were see. able to do it. So I was crushed in April 2020 <laughs> <laughs> when it was cancelled. It was yeah. terrible. Well, you know, yeah. worse but, things happened, but, but then it came. It came back afterwards. again. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you think you are? Um, is praised for popularizing. Uh, family history and criticised for making it unrealistically um, easy looking for people. Do you have an opinion on that? Well, I mean, I think, and as I said, as I've been saying, like, you know, the opportunity to spend 18 months doing a deep dive into someone's family history is wonderful, and that might make up 20 minutes on, 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 in the programme. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there, it's very hard to, to, to demonstrate just how much work went in. But I think there's other elements too, because I think sort of the digitization of records, of having everything online so you can just sit down with your laptop and throw your family name at a, at, a, at a database and suddenly start piecing together your family tree, has, you know, 
also feeds into that expectation that my yeah. family tree's online. Yeah. And to be honest, we, we were, I think we were at a meeting with a big genealogy company years ago and we were talking about kind of, you know, well people post a lot of information online that's not accurate and as genealogists, you know, we would be mm. concerned about this. And they went, if people are posting, we're happy. You know, and so it's yeah. that, it, but it's it's that balance, and I think there's a lot of fun to be had with genealogy, and people can go off and do whatever you want. You know, you look up records. If you get bored, walk away from it. It's grand, and then there are people to whom the whole process just really appeals. You know, it's the putting the pieces of a puzzle together. It's being a bit of a detective. It's learning about history. It's these people suddenly coming to life off the page in front of you, and when it appeals to you like that then I don't think that those people mind having to spend more time and dig mm -hmm. a little bit deeper and be more cautious and be more careful and really put together a, a family history that's well researched. And so I think that's probably more in your personality than the, expectation, yeah. the external expectations that have been set. But, but I, I have one of my big bugbears is um, trees, family trees online. Um, yeah. All the big companies have them yeah. and uh, people just it it, it 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 circulates what I call genealogical virus. It's misinformation going all over the place. Yeah. And I think people who it, it takes people some time to to get past that and discover all of that is rubbish yeah. and I want to trace my ancestry properly. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, I think those people are in the minority. There are too many people with messy trees all over the place who, who don't really understand what they're doing. Exactly. And I think, I mean, maybe that's what's important is trying to sort of split those two groups into the sort of the fun, messy trees that people didn't really care about and maybe haven't gone back to for seven years at this stage mm. and that have been left there replicate, like you said, a virus replicating and you see the same, that same error showing up across, you know, tens, even hundreds of family trees. And I did a long chat with a lady a couple of weeks ago who was just, couldn't, couldn't quite grasp when I was sort of saying to her, she said, oh, but it, this is on so many family trees, it must be true. And I said, to be honest, it's probably only come from one, and you need to find who that originator is, and then verify what they've, how they've come to that conclusion. And so, you know, separating that out, and I'm, I suppose I'm encountering more and more people as who are, are clients, so obviously they're invested in their family history, who will preface their information with, this is what I've put together, I'm at this point, I can't verify anything else on the family tree. Mm -hmm. I found other people who've posted this and I think it might be right, but I don't know. So I think, again, the more serious research is becoming more and more aware of the potential for those mistakes on those big websites mm -hmm. yeah. and are being cautious about what they can't can and can't verify. So I think there's maybe a, a consciousness is slowly seeping in and you'll always have the fun trees, <laughs> the mm. crazy ones. Yeah, there's money to be made. Like, that's it. Somebody's making money out of exactly, that. So yeah. it'll, it'll carry on. Yeah. And then, but I think, I, think, I think some people are being more, are more aware of those pitfalls and, and, and cautious about it, you know? Our time is nearly up now, but I'd just like to ask you, are there things that you would like to see change, change in relation to genealogy in Ireland or worldwide? That's a really interesting question because this 
I suppose the last decade has seen phenomenal change in Irish genealogy with the move to digitisation. Rather than change, I think I'd like to see everyone just catch their breath a little bit and give some thought to what what digitisation means. And I think so. We do the teach on the city colleges course and. The, the biggest issue that I've come up against is that people talk about the genealogy websites as though they're a source. Mm, yes. And what I've tried to say is, no, imagine you walk into the National Library or your local library or your local archive. It's a bricks and mortar building and on the shelves inside are the records. And you go in and you take down a specific record because that's where you went there to look at and you look at it for the information, that you have to look at these websites the same way. They are a repository. They simply hold all these records. They have pretty good indexes, um, but they, they hold them. So when you approach them, you, you're approaching them for a specific record set, for a specific, you know, a specific book to search that book, rather than just these broad scattergun searches of, of everything they have in the hope that something might turn up that you think will be your ancestor. That's where you can so easily go wrong. Um, you want to target specific records. So I think our, our understanding of what the databases are, what these big websites are, that's what I'd like to see changing. I'd like to see us using them more like libraries and less like, I don't know, you know, just a, a big mass of data that we're weeding things out of, mm -hmm. you know. I think we're running out of time. Imagine that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's been great talking to you and thank you very much for being my first guest. Not at all. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Nicola. Well, that's all for this episode of Irish Gen Pod. I hope you enjoyed it and that you'll join me again next time. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations.